Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Games with Bill. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. I know that last episode, I had mentioned that I was possibly going to do a bonus episode based on the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Direct that we just got to see. I did not get around to that, and for that, I apologize. I was just a little bit too busy, and uh, sometimes that's going to happen. But anyway... Uh, before we get into today's episode, I do want to take a moment and talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Direct. One of the things that they tend to do with that franchise is they kind of reinvent the combat each game. So Xenoblade Chronicles had a really, really good combat system, but I didn't like it as much as Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, and then there's, of course, Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U, which had a really odd combat system. You also had like this weird stuff where you could turn into an airplane, and, and that was weird. Uh, but hey, you know what? These games are weird. But the combat system in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I feel like, was really awesome. They They made a way for you to play this game which felt like you were playing an MMO and controlling the entire party. Um, and it felt intuitive and it, it didn't feel overwhelming. And overall, I thought that it was one of the best combat systems in a really long time. And even though it was incredibly complicated, as you guys know, I sometimes step away from a game for a while and then come back to it. Uh, even though that was very complicated controls, or not controls, but uh, combat system, what I found is stepping away from the game and then coming back to it later, it's intuitive enough that you fall right back into the old rhythms, and it just works amazingly well. And the thing about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 that I was worried about was, will they do what they have done in the past where they change the combat system a lot? Uh, and the answer this time is no. They, I think that they agree with me that they have found a good combat system. And rather than you know reinventing the wheel, they are taking the things that work really well in that combat system and layering on new stuff. And I thought that that looked awesome. Of course, the graphics looked great. How how they are how Monolith Soft is able to make games look this good on the Nintendo Switch, uh, which is essentially old it's an old hardware tablet from five years ago and they're still making games that look real good it's impressive however i will say that the frame rate not holding up so well i think it is time for nintendo to bring out a new system in order to uh, you know just give us a little bit more power i do think that the nintendo switch oled edition was originally supposed to be the next Nintendo Switch, but because hardware is so hard to get these days, you know, the chips because of the chip shortage, which we will talk about more later on in the show, um, that made Nintendo change their mind and say, you know what, we're going to go a different direction. We're going to stick with the, the current Nintendo Switch and just up upgrade the screen. Whether or not that was a good move, I don't know. But I do think that the Nintendo Switch is looking a little long in the tooth uh, as of today. That being said, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about a bunch of stuff. We've got more Nintendo news. Uh, we've got some Microsoft news, some Elden Ring stuff, as well as Overwatch and the Steam Summer Sale. Uh, so if all that sounds good, let's go ahead and get started. But before we do, I want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this episode. Let's take a moment to thank the sponsor of this show. I've always said that you should use the right tool for the job. Can you trim your lawn with a pair of scissors? Sure. 
Should you? Uh, probably not. Speaking of trimming, support for Gains with Bill is brought to you by Manscaped. What is Manscaped? They are the men's grooming company that has a serious sense of humor. Summer is just about here, and you want to be as comfortable as possible. That's where Manscaped has you covered. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for all of your men's hygiene needs. And they recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for my listeners. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GWB20 at checkout over at manscaped.com. The performance package includes their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer and two guards with a brush. Weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, men's deodorant, toner, boxer briefs, and a travel bag in order to hold everything. They even have a custom newspaper in the performance package filled with that serious sense of humor that I mentioned. You could sit down and read it, or you could use it to make post-grooming cleanup a breeze. The Lawnmower Trimmer and Weed Whacker feature advanced skin-safe technology in order to reduce the risk of grooming accidents. And they're even waterproof, which means you can clean them very easily. You can get 20% off and free shipping by using the code GWB20 at manscaped.com. Once again, in order to get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, use the code GWB20 at checkout. When you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. And I want to say a big thank you to manscaped.com for supporting Games with Bill. And a huge thank you to any of you who have uh, visited our sponsor and, and checked them out and supported the show that way. Re I really do appreciate it. All right, let's jump in and talk about Nintendo a little bit more. That is, Nintendo has announced the N Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase. I don't remember when the last Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase uh, happened. I think it might have been two years ago. Uh, but this one is happening on the 28th. I'm going to do my best to get today's episode out as soon as I'm done recording it. Um, by the way, those of you who reached out to me on Discord and said, hey, the the you know the, the show is sounding good with the new hardware, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, anyway, I'm going to try and get this episode out today so that you all will be able to listen to it before the Nintendo Direct, which is happening tomorrow on the 28th. Here's what Nintendo of America tweeted out. A new Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase is on the way. Watch on watch on demand via our YouTube channel beginning on Tuesday, June 28th at 6 a.m. Pacific time. That's 9 a.m. my time. I might I might do a live stream of this. I don't know if I if I can, but we'll see. If I can, I will. Uh, for roughly 25 minutes of info uh, on upcoming third-party Nintendo Switch games. Again. This is all going to be third-party stuff, uh, so don't expect to see first-party uh, Nintendo franchises, except for maybe uh, where they've licensed their intellectual property to other publishers, like Mario Plus Rabbids we might see there. Like that, That's not first-party stuff. That's a Ubisoft game. So we might see that. Um, you know, Another one that we've seen in the past is uh, Cadence of Hyrule, which was that that Zelda game that was a rhythm game. Uh, so we might see that kind of thing, but don't expect to see Breath of the Wild 2 or Mario Odyssey 2 or any of that other stuff. This is going to be focusing on 30, uh, not 30, thir third party stuff, and it's going to be about 25 minutes. I'm excited for it. I always get excited to see what, uh, you know, what games are coming to the N Nintendo Switch. I think it's a fantastic system. 
though I haven't been playing it very much lately because I've been spending all my time playing the Steam Deck. It's just more comfortable. You know, I'm going to look into maybe picking up a set of Joy-Cons that are bulkier for the Nintendo Switch so that when those games do come out, maybe uh, maybe I'll be able to play more comfortably that way. Anyway, uh, moving on to the Steam Summer Sale, uh, I... I bought a bunch of games on the Steam Summer Sale, and a lot of them were ridiculously cheap. So first off, let me grab my my Steam Deck so that I can refer to uh, my home screen here. Uh, I picked up um, games like, uh, ooh, where are we here? Uh, okay, Saturn Deluxe. Uh, that game is a twin-stick shooter, very reminiscent of... Uh, if you're, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember this. Some of you will, but uh, Berserk on the Atari 2600 or Robotron very much feels like that. Uh, it, it was crashing on the Steam Deck, though, and I'm still trying to work out which Proton version to use, but it, it runs great on my Windows machine, and it's very, very pretty. I love the... I love the art of it. Uh, then there's uh, Tech Beat Heart, which is another game from the same publisher as Saturn Deluxe. I've been playing that one a little bit as well. That one is a bullet hell uh, shooter, um, top down, I, a really cool aesthetic. Uh, and all of these games that I'm mentioning right now by the same developer, they all have a uh, very cool vaporwave 80s neon aesthetic that appeals to me in a big way. Uh, so I've also been playing that top down shooter. That one, I haven't run into any crashing issues. Uh, it it runs beautifully and is a very very pretty game and it's really fun too. I like it and uh, I like the um, the randomness that comes with when I kill a certain uh, type of enemy. It drops a thing and it gives me a new weapon and that weapon is like randomized. So I might be using like fire or a sword or a laser and uh, you know you always have that. Do I want to pick up this thing because I really like this weapon that I'm using now? But maybe the next one will be cooler. I don't know. I like it. Then there's Palm Ride, which is uh, very much like uh, Retro um, Out Outrun is the game that I'm thinking of, where you're just driving in a straight line, essentially, um, with the 80s neon vibe to it. And you just have to avoid the obstacles in the road and uh, pick up uh, guns and stuff so you can shoot the the cars in front of you. It's a really, really cool game. Uh, I just picked up and haven't played yet. Uh, I like literally right before I started the show, I bought a bunch of games on the Steam Summer Sale because they were really, really cheap. I just picked up Project Warlock uh, on a recent episode of On Deck. Uh, I was talking to Lloyd and he was talking about Project Warlock and it was $3. So I said, why not? This is a, a roguelike twin, uh, not twin stick, a roguelike first person shooter with uh, like a 1990s shooter aesthetic to it and uh it looks really really fast-paced and fun i again haven't played it yet i will talk more about that next week possibly uh and or definitely on deck when we have the next episode of on deck um i also picked up blaster master 3 um if you had listened to this show like all the way back to when when it was like episode one uh, when we had like the, well, not episode one, probably episode 10 or 11 or so when the Nintendo Switch actually came out and this, this show was Nintendo Switchcraft back then. If you've been listening to it since then, 
You've heard me talk about the Blaster Master games at length. They are awesome little Metroidvania games, side-scrolling Metroidvania that have these cool top-down sections. Uh, pick that one up for 10 bucks. That's 35% off. What a fantastic game. Uh, very, very excited for that. This is all on the Steam Summer Sale. And then I got a... these. I'm going to list off a whole bunch of games right now. And each one of these were only 50 cents or cheaper, depending on the game. Um, and they all have something in common. They're all made by the same guy uh, who just does these really, really um, small, simple, high-score chaser games and sells them for very, very low price, even when they're not on sale. I think they're usually like a buck a piece. And I got them all at 50% off. So Super Bit Blaster XL, Ding Dong XL, which I've talked about, played that one on the Switch, but it's such a great game. Uh Pivot, uh, right, ti- righty, tighty, bing bong, diam, diamo, and orbit XL. Now, of those, the ones that I've played are Super Bit Blaster XL and Ding Dong XL. And Ding Dong XL is one of the best games that I've played. It's so relaxing and fun at the same time. Basically, you have a an object that is going to bounce between the top of the screen and the bottom of the screen, and you have to release that object so that it avoids the things that are going left and right across the screen, because if it comes into contact with those, it's destroyed. And your goal is to get it across the screen as many times as possible, uh, increasing your score by one each time it goes across, which is awesome. You do get score multipliers by almost hitting a thing as it goes across, it's a really game, and all of these other games like Righty Tighty Pivot and Bing Bong XL, all of those games are variations on that theme of just very, very simple top-down games with uh, very repeatable and enjoyable um, gameplay loop that you just do over and over and over. It's They're all awesome, and each one of them is 50 cents a piece. So I think the whole... like. I think it was $5 for the bundle. Uh, so you definitely want to check that out if you play games on Steam. And then this game I've played before on the Nintendo Switch, but I wanted to play it on the on the Steam Deck and on my PC. So that's Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age. This is, you know, speaking of Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 2, where you play, as, it feels like you're playing an MMO and you're playing as a party, uh, this has that same exact feel and it is just, it's a really, really fun game. I've got a bunch of hours in it on the Nintendo switch and I want to see where else I can go with it. All right, let's move on and let's talk about, uh, overwatch two. Um, overwatch is, I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about this before, but it's my favorite, um, multiplayer shooter of all time. It's just incredibly fun and fast paced. Excuse me. And I think that the reason that I like the game so much is because there's a character that whose gameplay style uh, kind of uh, appeals to everybody. And I've talked about this on the show a million times, so I'm not going to belabor the point. But when they announced Overwatch 2, Blizzard, they, they did something that I thought was really interesting. They said all of the maps and heroes that are going to come to Overwatch 2 
are going to also come to Overwatch 1. And the reason why they would do this is because they don't want to bifurcate their their player base where some people are playing Overwatch 1 and some people are playing Overwatch 2. And because of that, it it would then take longer to get matches. So if, you know, I, I would... It would cut the number of people who are waiting to get into a map at any time in half, and that would mean that it would take longer to get into a match. So I always thought that it was really good that they were doing that, and then they were going to take all of the single-player stuff and move that uh, to just the people who buy Overwatch 2. But then, uh, I think it was three weeks ago, they announced that Overwatch 2 was going to be a free-to-play game which I'm certainly not going to complain about. Now, I don't know if they have have yet said if Overwatch um if if the single player stuff in Overwatch 2 is going to be uh part of this free to play thing, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Uh what we're here to talk about today is Aaron Keller who uh works on the game and he was doing an, an AMA on Reddit. He's the director of Overwatch 2. And here's what here's what they said on the, the AMA. They said, when Overwatch 2 launches on October 4th, it will be a replacement for the current live service. This means the original Over, Overwatch 2 will not be playable after October 4th, so you'll need to upgrade. Now, it's a free-to-play game, so there's absolutely no barrier. There's no friction there. But it's it's a weird thing. Like, Essentially, they have taken Overwatch 2, and rather than rather than uh, actually ship a sequel, they're turning it into free DLC for the original. And I, I can't find any fault there, but it's a really weird way to do it. Um, now somebody might say, well, why don't they just why don't they just update Overwatch, change the title, and be done with it? And maybe that is what they're going to do like at the end of the day, but maybe they can't do that because one of the things that comes with Overwatch 2 is a graphical upgrade and maybe the the base of the game is different enough that you can't just replace stuff. Uh, it's not like Blizzard hasn't replaced stuff before, like World of Warcraft got a, a graphical upgrade, but they didn't call it World of Warcraft 2. They simply had it as an expansion pack. So this feels like Overwatch 2 and Overwatch. They are they are the same game. And Overwatch 2, as far as I'm concerned, is free DLC for Overwatch 1. And as somebody who has Overwatch 1, I, I can't find it. I can't complain about that. It, although it wouldn't matter if I had Overwatch 1 or not because it's free. That Overwatch 2 is a free game. And I think this is a really good thing because this means nobody will, after October 4th, absolutely zero people will have any friction to playing that game, which relies heavily on microtransactions, not because not for not for gameplay stuff, but microtransactions for like cosmetic stuff, which I'm all for. Uh, like I, I have some really cool skins that I got when playing through Overwatch 1 for the different characters. And I, I'm perfectly fine with Blizzard monetizing people in that way, so long as it doesn't affect gameplay. And I think I think that 
this is the this is what we're going to see from Overwatch 2. Only now, the number of people who are playing it are going to be way higher because you don't have to pay any money to play it. And like I said before, Overwatch 1 is my favorite multiplayer shooter. So for me to uh for me to hear all this, I'm very happy about. And, you know, the I I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about before the fact that I don't want to really give Blizzard money right now because of the way that they behave. Um what I'll say to that is now I can play Overwatch 2 without spending any money, so Blizzard won't earn any money from me, and I can still play a game that I think will probably be really, really awesome. All right, let's move on and talk about Elden Ring uh, really quick. Not actually Elden Ring, but from software. Uh, apparently, Elden... Uh, so they just launched Elden Ring, I don't know, six months ago or so, and that game is awesome. I had a lot, actually it hasn't even been six months, four months ago, it doesn't matter, recently, Elden Ring came out recently, that game is fantastic, I had a lot of fun with it, and you wouldn't think that we would be hearing more from from software anytime soon, because they, you know, they just shipped a massive, massive game that a lot of people are saying is probably the game of the year, probably not for me, I liked it a lot, but I don't know if it would be my favorite game this year, we'll see, Uh, but Apparently, From Software has another game in the final stages of development. Now, we don't know exactly what game this is, but apparently uh, Elden Ring director, and I'm going to probably butcher his name, and if I do, I apologize, uh, Heritaka Miyazaki, uh, he recently told the Japanese website 4Gamer via Gematsu uh, that the next game is in the final stages of development, um, it basically back in 2018, he had said that they were, that they had 3.5 games, which is a weird thing to say, 3.5 games that the studio was working on that were still un, unannounced. Uh, that would be, uh, Sekiro shadows die twice, which was, uh, really, really great. Uh, there was a PS VR exclusive, which I don't know anything about. And then they had unannounced games like Elden Ring. But we have one more that is in the final stages of development. Uh, like I said, development is currently in the final stages. We don't know what it is. There are people who are saying it possibly is an Armored Core game. I've never played uh, Armored Core. Uh, but basically, they're saying, you know, they're already starting their work on the next game. And they say over the medium to long term, they would like to work on more abstract fantasy than anything that we've done in the past. Uh, I think I think that this is exciting because, you know, I played Sekiro and I really liked it. I played Elden Ring and I really liked it. So, so far, the games that I've played from, from From Software, I have really enjoyed with the exception of Dark Souls 3. And I bet that if I went back and gave that one another shot, I might actually enjoy it uh, more this time around. Now that I understand how those games work a little bit better uh, because the setting was able to pull me in on Sekiro and the open worldness was able to pull me in and hold my attention on Elden Ring where Dark Souls 3 it was my first experience in that and I didn't know what the hell I was doing so um that might be something that I might revisit uh sometime later uh we already own it so I may as well all right moving on let's talk about Microsoft Microsoft has confirmed that they have a shortage of Xbox controllers. 
somebody was saying in our community discord uh, the other day that they went to the store and there were PlayStation controllers, but there were no Microsoft controllers and there were no switch controllers. Um, I don't know what's going on there. Um, that's, that's rough. Like it, <laughs> not being able to find controllers. It's this, it's this, uh, the chip shortage, which is affecting absolutely everything. Uh, people are unable to get the controllers that they want to. And that's, that's really, really too bad. Uh, but you know, in re- in a related note, it's kind of funny that this this came out at the same time is that Xbox Cloud Gaming is getting mouse and keyboard support and latency improvements. Now, if you've listened to me talk about cloud gaming at any length, you know that I'm a big fan of cloud gaming. Stadia and GeForce Now, I feel like they work fantastically well. Xbox Cloud Gaming is the the one that doesn't feel as good as the others. The, the latency is just a little bit too high and you know, it doesn't look as nice. The other ones are 4K. I'm not a pixel peeper, but I you know, you can tell. And while is it a big deal that it's a lower resolution on Xbox? Absolutely not. But you would think with the others being so high um uh, resolution and having such low latency that that Microsoft could do it too. Well, Microsoft is working on that, lowering the latency, which is a big deal. Um, Megan Brown, uh, who is a software engineer at Microsoft's game streaming team, says that Xbox has been supporting keyboard and mouse for a few years now, and we're working on adding it to streaming PC users, which is awesome. You can start adding it into your game right now, and your console keyboard and mouse users will appreciate it. Um, I, and they, and they said it will light up in streaming once we've finished adding it, which is a weird way to phrase it. That's okay. Uh, but then they also said that they're lowering their latency, which is a very, very good thing right now. Microsoft says that they are working on this new display details API, which will save, this is a ridiculous number, 72 milliseconds of latency overall. This is achieved by using direct capture, which reproduces hardware features in software to eliminate the wait time for VSync and double or triple buffering and even scaling needed for TVs. That is a big improvement. 72 milliseconds is a very, very big improvement. Um, here's, here's what else they had to say. Scaling and artifacts all add extra latency to game streaming, and many games already support direct capture to improve their performance on Xbox Cloud Gaming. Latency can drop as low as 2 to 12 milliseconds compared to 8 to 74 milliseconds through the traditional display pipeline. They do say that there are some limitations, though. Direct capture only supports a maximum resolution of 1440p and doesn't have dynamic resolution or HDR yet. Here's what I'll have to say about that. 10, uh, 1080p uh, streaming is okay. 1440p is the sweet spot. 4K is unnecessary and not really all that important. If you put, and I'm sure that there's going to be somebody, uh, you know, well, not in the comments because this isn't a YouTube video, but there's going to be somebody who says either says this out loud or sends a sends me a message on on Twitter. If you put 4K next to 1440p, I can't really tell the difference. I, I really, I can't. It's close enough that it really doesn't matter. Is it the same? No, it's not. And, and I'm the first to tell you that. But it 
does not look all that different. And especially if you don't look at them side by side, if you just walk into a room and somebody's playing a 1440p uh, uh, stream or game on a TV and you don't have anything else to compare it to nearby, you would be hard pressed to tell that it's not 4K. That's just my opinion, and people can feel free to tell me how all the ways that I'm wrong, uh, but that's how I feel about it. So I would rather them focus on getting a higher refresh rate and sticking with 1440p than trying to push for that 4K just because GeForce Now and uh, Stadia support it. Microsoft seems to be doing everything they can to take their time, move slowly, as they uh, as they step into the world of streaming, and I do think that that is the right move. Um, Google, I think that they tried to go too fast. Too uh, well, unfortunately, they tried to do this uh, end run around everybody else, and then the pandemic hit, which completely screwed them over. I think, and they didn't know what to do, and that's why they ended up shutting down their first party services. Which, at the end of the day. Turned out to be like a, I'm not going to say a death blow because I still play games on Stadia, but it definitely hurt them because everybody's confidence was uh, in Stadia when Cyberpunk 2077 came out and people were playing it on Stadia and the other consoles couldn't handle it. Everybody's confidence suddenly rose and then they said, oh, well, hold my beer. Let me ruin this for everybody. We're shutting down our first party stuff. And while I'm sure that it makes sense for them to shut down the first party stuff and focus on the third party stuff. They never really recovered from that. And it's too bad because it was a good service or it is a good service. Boy, I keep talking about it like it's dead. Sorry. Anyway, that's it. That's it for Xbox Cloud Gaming and Microsoft not being able to get your hands on a controller. I'm lucky. I've got two Xbox controllers. Well, actually, I have three. I've got two for my series and one for my PC that I've had for years and years and years. Are you on the market for controllers? And if you are, what what controllers are you looking at picking up? Let me know. Uh, I'm at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. All right, everybody, that is it for today's episode of Games with Bill. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you didn't know, you can support the show by heading on over to patreon.com slash RunJumpStomp. And if you do, you can get the show early sometimes if you're in the Early Access Club, or you can even get the show 100% ad-free. So if you don't like the ads, then check it out over there. And uh, thank you for listening. All right, I'm out of here. Have an awesome day and stay rad, everybody. Everybody.